Hello and welcome to Eavesdropping at the Movies. I'm Mike. And I'm Jose. Uh, and we've just come back from seeing Cold War, uh, which is a Polish film directed by Paweł Pawlikowski, uh, written and directed, I think. Um, co-written. Co-written, yes, there are two other writers. Uh, about uh, a, a, a sort of distance, was a relationship that takes it's place. It's a romance. It's, oh, it's a romance it's for sure. A delirious romance <laughs> set in the period of the Cold War in, in which... Between 49 and 59? No, between 49 and 64. Post-war Poland uh, initially and then it, the, the, the action travels across Europe to East Berlin, to Paris, yes. to Yugoslavia. It's, it's such a romantic film. I mean, I was swoony throughout. I was, it's a film that makes you both swoony and sad. So, so it's like a real romance in the sense that you know, the characters love and love and love and nothing goes well. <laughs> They're constantly separated, mm. right? Uh, before, we, before we go on further, I think we should say we saw this at the Mac and once again, the investments in uh, 4K digital projection at the Mac has paid dividends. The image is astonishing. It's so beautiful. It's in black and white and it's full frame, 4-3 four, yeah. four, ratio. It's luminous, this And film. it just, it, it sings the image. It's yeah. beautiful. Um, and there, and and you know, like very often, I think the four three frame these days is used to 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 show um, claustrophobia, you know, a kind of tightness of space. And occasionally, it is in this, but actually, for the most part, you get you get some amazing sort of landscape shots. There's a one shot in particular early on uh, where it's just it's 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 in winter in Poland. It's all white, and the the, the ground's white, and the sky's pure white. And you just see at the bottom of the screen, you know, a, a van. And a figure of a woman, and just the kind of just the sh- the shape of the horizon, but it's just brilliant, pure white. It's, it's an amazing image. Yes, I and there's some I, amazing, beautiful the poetry. Whole, in the I visuals. mean, in the first five shots of the film, you just think, you know, you're with a visual poet. Like, kind of every image was resonant, really, mm. and and you just think, oh, this is so original. This, yeah, so it's yeah. so interesting to look at and meaningful. The, you know, the thing with the church and. Yeah, it's like a bombed-out church where you have uh, uh, these murals of icons painted on them, but, you know, kind of the paint has been bombed out of some of the icons. It's just... Yeah, you're like, just left with these two eyes, I think, of Jesus yes. staring. It's um, it's beautiful. I think it's the, the one guy, the, um, the sort of government guy, yes. uh, Soviet government guy, um, walks into this bombed-out church... And, it's, and then he sees these eyes of Jesus that are still there staring at him and then I think he crosses himself and becomes reverent because he's being watched. Yes. Yeah. Um, um, so let's let's um, briefly say in more concrete terms okay, what the Okay, so the film begins with um, these two artistic directors, a male and a female. One of them is the pianist and conductor who's the hero of our story uh, and is played by Tomasz Kot. Uh, and they're rounding up peasants to uh, sing Polish folk songs uh, as a troupe. So it's a way of building up morale after the war. Uh, and basically this, this, this peasant woman, who doesn't sing very well, actually, comes in and uh, Tomasz makes a case for her. 
mm. and it's clear that you know part of the interest is is sexual. Yeah, he's, she's very young. She must be about eighteen. Yes, and quickly we're told that she's been in jail, and she's been in jail for attempting to murder her uh, father. Uh, and then we're also quickly told that the reason why she did that is because her father kept trying to mistake her for her mother, and she wasn't having it. Yeah, that's yeah, her. And she that's taught her him words. the difference. <laughs> yeah, well, there's a there's a thing about she, she they have they have her kind of investigated by by the the, the intelligence True. guy. Yeah, um, and he comes back saying she was in jail for having killed her father, and then her version of the story is that she didn't kill him, and that's never resolved. But it's also not hugely important. Yes. Um, the to me it is kind of a little bit important yeah. because the connotation is that she castrated him. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, so you're, you know, you're already kind of faced with this castrating woman, really, really. Femme fatale. Uh, yeah, but actually, the thing about her is that she loves, you know, and she's kind of wildly in love with this man. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and actually, he's wildly in love with her, and actually, that's the dilemma of the film. You know, they're both completely in love with each other, even when he's in bed with another woman. And he asks her, where have you been? He says, I've been to see the, the woman of my life. Right? Yeah. So it's never like at once in question. And that's why the film, I think, works so beautifully. You know, because that's never in doubt. Even though at moments they're, you know, they might be jealous uh, of each other. But kind of their feelings for each other are never in doubt. Their ability to be together is the problem. Mm. And that's kind of geopolitical. Yeah, that has to do with where they are. Uh... Um, and the political circumstances that, that, that they find make it hard to in. move, and, yeah. so. and it makes it hard to be an artist, right? Mm-hmm. Like because you know you think, well, he could have just stayed in Poland, right? Yeah. Like you know, so he wanted to leave because, um, well, he's an artist, and also because the idea was to be with her. But the thing is that she's held up, yeah, by the the person in the troupe who's also politically affiliated. You know, she's. She's basically kind of steamrolled into entertaining some important German communist guests. And actually, he can't, she can't be with him, mm. really, which is something he doesn't know until they meet later on in Paris. Yeah, although she, she, she also just say when they meet up that, that she, she, she found she, she didn't have it within herself, she felt. It wasn't just that she was held up that night. She, right. you know, she, I, there's, a, there's a suggestion that had she been braver or more headstrong or something, yeah. that she would have left. Yes, the film has a wonderful, complex kind of romantic feel. So on the one hand, it's hyper-romantic, right? They, they must be with each other and they sacrifice everything to be with each other. On the other hand, it, it depicts a very pragmatic and adult view of sex, right? So kind of, you know, there's almost never any doubt that their feelings are for each other. On the other hand, when he's in Paris, he finds another partner, in the meantime, she's found another partner. You know, part of the reason for finding the partner is pragmatism. They're, they're people who are helpful, right? So, so it's got kind of like... The film is a film that kind of resonates because it's, it's grounded in at least kind of my understanding of, um, of the things people do. Yeah, they're, they're never clear-cut, you know? Let's say at this point, I mean, we've got quite far in, but let's say spoilers ahead, although we've talked in some detail. Um, spoilers are, you know, obvious. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
there's I think there's a complication in the love story, which is that there's a bittersweet aspect um, because they get to be together for a while in Paris. Nice. She mar- she marries an Italian. He- he's gone to Paris and he's managed to escape uh, illegally. Yeah. Um, the 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 Soviet Union. Um, she marries an Italian, uh, is able to leave to Palermo legally, and then she moves to Paris. She can be with him, and and they, when they're in Paris and they're working together artistically and they they are able to live together, um, it sours. Well, I think it's not entirely happy. My view or my take on that is that what sours it is also what's appealing of it. So on the one hand. You know, they have the freedom to be the artist they want to be. They don't have to sing paeans to Stalin the way that they did back in Warsaw, you know. But on the other hand, they've got to hustle, right? They've got to sell the parts of themselves that they, they don't want to sell in order to get ahead. So, you know, uh, there's this moment in when they're in Paris where he tells her, you know, that basically she's got to be sweet to this guy who's very important and, you know, mm-hmm. it's good for her career. And so, from his point of view, you get the feeling that he is doing it all for her, and I think one can believe that. But actually, the things that they're all doing for her are things that she can't accept, hmm. is my view of it. Yeah, well, I think that's, there's, there's a, a large element of that. For me, it was, it was kind of... It, this, is where, this is where the idea, the title Cold War sort of comes into it, the idea that their relationship, um, that, or their love, has, has for years had to be at a distance and they've only been able to see each other at these very brief moments and that's when so it's like it's like a cold love and then at these few moments it becomes hot you know when they can see each other they they embrace and they and they make love and it's it's fiery and passionate but then it has to go away again because she's only there with the troop briefly and she has to go back and so on and then when it when it's able to actually last it it starts to sort of fizzle and which is why I found the ending kind of bittersweet I don't know about you I get the feeling you probably found the very ending very romantic no, I found, I found... I mean, the very, not, very, very ending. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm not sure. I mean, the very, very ending follows the logic of the story. And, of course, in that way, I find it very um, Slavic or Russian, right? It's kind of, you know, it's a very bleak view of the world, yeah? That kind of... Yeah. Bleak? Yes. You know, so so... In German Romanticism, there really is like this idea that you die of love, right? That if mm. you, you know, you're kind of part of loving a lot is that you die of it. You know, you either die, you know, commit suicide because somebody doesn't want you, or you commit suicide because the love is impossible, or, you know, or yeah, like the, you know, you move on to the next world with your love, yeah. right? That, that can't find a place in this one. So, so in that sense, I, f- I think that the film. Has, yeah, the ending fits in with that kind of logic, you know. How so? Well, because they commit suicide, you know. They yeah, they're, they're it, don't they commit suicide? Yes, they do. They that's what they do. They get married, and they take all of those pills. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah, well, that's the way I understood it. Yes. Oh yeah, well, that probably makes sense. And then they're just waiting to die, right? So they're waiting for the pills to take effect. And she tells them, "You take more because you're heavier. You'll need more." Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. What did you think the end? I didn't was? even think about. It. Well, I, I just I, I mean I, you're right. You're absolutely right. I didn't even think about the pills. I mean you're absolutely right. Of course, that's, that's how they that's how they get out of because otherwise their life is sort of doomed, isn't it? But yes. um, and it's doomed anyway because they're killing themselves. You're right. Well, I, what what I noticed about the end, what I picked up on at the end, is the very last line where they're at the wedding at the bus stop, mm. uh, and she says, um, 
let's go to the other side, the view will be better there. Um, which obviously now in the context of the, the killing themselves, like that's quite that's a better way to, to finish our time. Um, but I thought of it in the sense of, it, it reminded me of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind in that there's this idea in that, in that line of the grass being greener on the other side. Mm. And in the grass being green on the other side, there's an, there's an idea of you'll never be satisfied with what you have, um, and which which brought me back to that idea of wh- when they can finally be together in Paris, it sours because it it turns out that there there are there's an imperfection in in their love, um, it can't be perfect. But then, and the reason that I related that to Eternal Sunshine is it has the same sort of idea of these two people who who are perpetually brought together. Like they're, they're like like cosmically, and then when they're together, it all goes wrong, and they and they wipe each other's memories of themselves. But well, then they come back together again, and, and like the, like the cosmos is constantly bringing them together. They are fated to be together despite the problems, and that's that bittersweet idea. Yes, well, I, I, the bittersweet, you know, is is very evident in this film. And, but though I must say, but I feel like a plum for not noticing that's what the pills were. I mean, I didn't think about that. Oh. I just thought. I didn't even think anything. All right, Plum, let's go on. Let's continue with the discussion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, come on. <laughs> um, I think there is a geopolitical dimension because... So, so, so people make choices, or they each make choices, and the choices are each legible in, a, in, in the way that, you know, that humans understand each other, which is n- never really fully, mm. right? Um... So, you know, when he finds out that when she... So the, the first separation is they're meant to be... To, they're meant to leave together. They're just meant to cross. You know, there's no Berlin Wall as of yet. So actually, it's quite easy to cross from East Berlin to West Berlin, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is that they're going to cross it together. She can't make the appointment, right? But then the troop tra- travels on to Paris, and they meet briefly, right? Uh, and then... He sacrifices himself by going to Yugoslavia to meet her. Yeah. yeah. And has a lucky escape because the Yugoslavia police doesn't want to be involved in an international incident and sends him back rather than sending him to Warsaw. Yeah. Right. Meantime, she marries an Italian only so that she can go be with him in Paris. Mm. Right. And the moment in Paris is when things fall apart. And... and you know, my understanding of the reason that things fall apart is really, you know, this having to sell a part of yourself to kind of be able to live there. It has its own complications. Though those scenes in Paris are amongst the most romantic. You know, the scene where they're dancing in the jazz club, I just, I just thought it was beyond beautiful. Mm. And then the scene where they, she gets drunk and you know the rock and roll scene in the bar I thought that was magnificent yeah it's a Bill well. Haley rock around the clock yeah and she, and she flings herself at three or four different men in one one shot one long take and then the camera's shaking and following her around and, and he's not there he's not he's not even to. noticing yeah. at that point right um, so and that's kind of when it falls apart so in his mind he's been doing it all for her but actually you know that's not what she wants and actually she says she says something like, you know, I, I, I had sex with him six times in one night. The other man, Michelle. who's the record producer. So, you know, ever since you've left Poland, you're, you're no longer a man, she says. And basically, you know, kind of part of the reason is because under the guise of doing things for her, 
you know, it involves selling her, really, or her selling herself. Mm. So she returns to Poland. And then, you know, and I think kind of, again, another romantic gesture in the film, he goes back to find her in Poland, knowing full well what's going to happen. And what happens is he gets sentenced to 15 years of hard labor, and he gets his hand smashed so he can no longer be a musician. Yeah, wrangled quite horribly. And then what happens is, and again, this is like torture upon torture, separation upon separation, you know, all rather exquisite. <laughs> so she basically marries, you know, the, the political guy because he's got influence in order to get him out, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it is. So, so really, I think kind of the geopolitics does come in. These people are separated by boundaries in Europe that the EC has removed. <laughs> and that Brexit is kind of trying to put back in. It's, yeah. a, you know, it's, the, a, it's a love story for the modern Britain. <laughs> I think one can make a very good argument for it because it's not just for modern Britain. You know, because actually these, these right-wing movements are happening all over. They're happening in Hungary, they're happening in Germany, they're happening in Denmark, they're happening in Italy, mm-hmm. right? So I think kind of, you know, the film is very interesting in what, you know, those political divisions made of people's lives and feelings. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the onus is on the lives and the feelings, but it is, it is actually the barriers, the separation, you know, yeah. that keeps Oh, yeah, the I mean, this, the story... separating. Like, us. the story, Cold War, doesn't exist. Like, it, it's, not, it's not a tragic story or anything without those barriers being put in place. Exactly. You know, that's, yeah, exactly. Um, there's also something what you said about about the their lives kind of souring in Paris because of having to sell themselves is interesting because it, I think there's an element of that as well. Was well, there's a slightly different version of that in in um, why they want to leave Poland, which is that the the, the very opening of the film is um, the the artistic director duo um, uh, going to these various kind of villages and mountain towns and things, listening to. Uh, these songs people sing and recording them and it's um it's it's like the, all these songs are kind of they are subtitled and, the, mm-hmm. and they're, they're, they're they are in that as you said kind of kind of doomed love slavic where they're all about the woman that i can't have or if i have her i'll die and all yeah. this kind of thing um and there's a really there's a real kind of kind of honest um artistic project going on there they want to preserve these songs they want to make something out they want to make people proud of them um and then it turns into we're we're, we're we're developing a uh, a sort of salon for for artistic types, which is where they audition everyone and, and, and meet the girl, uh, played by, incidentally, we should say, played by Joanna Kulig. Um, Who's fantastic. Oh, she's great. Um, when the state kind of takes over, um, these, these, these kind of local, uh, local kind of, kind of village songs, uh, becomes something that is sold by the state. Yes. You know, so they're, they're taken from the villages that they they started in. They're taken from the people working to make a, a an interesting kind of honest show about them, and they are put on stage in kind of palatial theatres with a huge picture of Stalin behind them, saying, you know, this is the Soviet Union. Yeah. And um, and this it's like a kind of it's like. A, uh, not not Disneyfication. That's slightly different, but it's it. Do you know what I mean? It's a sort of it's a co-opting by the state yeah. of this imagery. So so let me clarify, or you know, let me elaborate. It's like a forced. It's like a forced selling out. Put it that way. Exactly. Well, yeah. 
So, they have no option. <laughs> no, they, they don't have any option. So what starts off as an almost anthropological project, right? They're trying to collect peasant songs, you know, because within the communist culture, it's for the people and it's by the people. So actually they're trying, originally, they're just trying to collect and display, hmm. you know, these beautiful peasant songs uh, from various regions, the mountains and so on. You know, but what happens is, A, the show business starts, right? The, 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 and then there's like, um, almost like an Aryan, mm. uh, push. So actually one of the women doesn't look right because she's got dark hair, yeah. you know, so they've got to do like dye her hair. And then the next pressure from the state is that this show is such a success that, you know, could you, uh, it, it's actually, I forget what the exact words, but it's the equivalent of, you know, in your act, could you put in some praise for the next five-year plan and the greatness of oh, yeah, they the talk about communism the, or whatever? Yeah, I, I forget, the, I forget the, the titles, but they use the the names of kind of food production projects and things That's like right, that. That's right, you know. So you know, and we'll uh, sing about that as well. Yeah, let's sing about our five-year plan to increase electricity or some or or agrarian. Yeah. you know. <laughs> so, and actually, so so I think the film has this really interesting contrast that you know basically. In 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 the um, in, in in the cur- uh, the Iron Curtain countries, they've got to sell out on their art, on their ideas, right? They've got to kind of incorporate propaganda, or actually, they won't be able to continue to exist. Mm. Yeah, that's kind of made pretty clear, really. But on the West, kind of, they've got to sell. They've got to compromise other things, which are equally unacceptable to them. Mm. You know, in order to like be able to, yeah, yeah, do their thing. So, so I think the film has them torn between east and west. So, you know, kind of the film does present both of those dilemmas as being kind of real dilemmas. You know, so the socializing, the meeting people, you know, the making yourself attractive to people is seen as kind of like one of the ways that you commodify yourself in capitalism. Whereas, you know, in in the communist countries, you have to sing like a hymn to the tractor or something (laughs) in each show but those things are seen as being kind of intentional yeah yeah yeah, intentional with each other so and then of course the whole realm of feeling and lust and longing and you know interpersonal interaction is played out in between this tension and and so beautifully photographed that you almost feel a pang like it's so i mean you know i uh, to me it was just a pleasure to see like everything like the actors so um uh um joanna kulig has this wonderful kind of impassive slightly angry face yeah that you, you get the feeling that she's really has like experienced the worst and she's immune to everything and then all every once in a while she'll light up right mm-hmm. like she'll be yeah full of life and energy and uh uh but you know kind of most of the thing is like it's like this 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 lively loving spirit encased in a lifetime of bitter experience you know <laughs> yeah. it's like she she conveys that so well whereas actually you know he's the one who you you get the feeling i mean at one point she calls him new bourgeois you know you get the feeling that he's had an easier life yeah that kind of yeah yeah um um and and part of the reason why he's had an easier life is because he's a man like kind of you know one of the things that you're told about her and that she tells it's almost like kind of you know 
a lifetime of abuse of one kind or another, right? Like from sexual to she's forced to spy because she's on probation. Yeah, she's actually kind of made to do all these things against her will, you know? Yeah, again, there's a, there's a, a, a reflection in, in that where um, when they're in Poland and they're in the first kind of couple of years of, of their passion, um, they're, they're in a field and she reveals to him that um, she's been telling the government guy um, various things about him and she says you know nothing that would get you in trouble mm. but um, I had no choice I'm on probation that's what yeah said. it's like what was I going to do because I've done time in this uh, and he can't take he storms off yeah as, as well he might you know um, fair enough well but him doing so being able to walk away is also a sign of how inured he is to the realities and the complexities of life mm under that type of bureaucracy because he's obviously never had to make those choices himself to that point yeah you know uh, but then it's reflected when they're in Paris um, and she's talking to Michelle uh, and having a good time but then she storms up to him to Victor the, 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 the fellow the boyfriend um, and says what have you been telling Michelle that I killed my father and he's and, and his kind of defence for it it's not a very good defence um, they love that here is, yeah they love that here like you know uh, um, Edith Piaf Edith Piaf worked <laughs> in a brothel <laughs> and people love her all the more for it yes. she's like what the fuck are you doing this is like my life you know um, and he, he basically doesn't really apologise and then says I won't do it again is, but the way that the film works and it's so beautiful is that the moment that he walks out when, when she tells him that he's spying on her. It reminds me a little bit of, of uh, Jules Jim, you know, which equally has like this kind of um, unpredictable and intractable mm. woman. Um, as he leaves, she jumps on the river, right? And then you have this beautiful image of her, like with her dress submerged underwater, just kind of swimming quietly on the river, yeah, like it's just floating a, on a bank. Floating, it's it's kind of an angelic image. It's like an image of purity. So, you know, kind of whatever the external world forces her to do, this is what she also is, yeah. And it's it's a it's really beautiful. There were there were shots that reminded me of um, Before Sunset, Richard Linklater film, oh. where where it's particularly in Paris. Where, where they meet up again for the first time in a few years, when she, which when she's there on the on the, the sort of tour, she's mm. only there for a few days, um, and they have you know an hour together perhaps, and they walk together through the streets, and it's it's the two of them walking together, facing the camera, and the camera's moving backwards as they move forwards, and it's a fairly long take, and they're just talking to each other, and that's exactly the shot that Before Sunset is built of, and it's and 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 that's. In Paris as well, and there's, mm. and there's I, I mean, I'm not saying it's like deliberate or crib or anything. It's a beautiful shot, and it, it's completely appropriate. It just reminded me of the kind of like the the beauty of the romance in that film as well. Yes, you know, it's the, I mean, that meandering through the city is, is just a beautiful thing. It's like it's to, to to be able to spend that time with the characters. It is a beautiful thing, though. I think this one, you know, does much more complex and interesting things visually. Mm. You know, I think. I mean, I love. Uh, the Before Sunset films with a passion in fact um, but just you know this film has images and you know that um, don't recur in anything like in, in Before Sunset at all I mean they're just exquisite evocative meaningful images and shots and sometimes 
you know, through use of a kind of a cliche. So, you know, when they're in Paris, you see a lot of like cold garrets over the rooftops mm. of Paris, right? Which are both cliche and, and at the same time work with the romanticism, you know, yeah. of, of the film. It's very beautiful to look at. Well, there's a wonderful bit where um, uh, he, he says, I'll, I'll walk you. I'll walk you back to your hotel. And she says, you can't go, we can't. She says, I'll just walk you a little bit. And so they walk and then she says, okay, not stop here, I've got to go. Um, and she walks off. And she gets, you know, sort of 20, 30 yards down the road and she stops and turns, and it's all in the same take. And she stops yes. and then she comes back and the camera follows her and then she, and she rushes back into his arms and they embrace and kiss. Yes. And then she goes again. And that's like really just such a cliche. Uh, no, but it's, it's just beautiful. Wonderful. <laughs> it's absolutely great. It's exactly but you're right. what the film It is. is a cliche. And actually, I mean, I think that's another thing that, that kind of, that makes this film so interesting to me. You know, because the shots in the garret are a cliche. You know, that embrace is a cliche. The rail, the, the scenes with the trains are a cliche of romantic films of the 40s. And yet this film reinvigorates them, makes them beautiful and moving and, you know, feel kind of very evocative and rich and true, really. Um, so I just, I think it's a wonderful film. Um, do you, one of the, so the other thing that struck me is that it's rare to see music used so often and so intelligently in a film that isn't a musical, but, but that has ex like very extended musical sequences. Yeah, I was going to bring up something along those lines as well. Um, they're, they're singing all the time, and it, the film starts off with a number of different songs, and, and without context really early on. It's, it's only a few kind of songs in that you realise they're being recorded by, these, by these, this pair. Um, and then later on, you know, you get to Paris and they're singing, and obviously in the, in the, the show uh, in Poland, they're, they're singing these various songs, and, and it's, they're constantly kind of recontextualized. And someone is always singing in this film. And actually, sometimes I noticed, because um, the, the film is uh, mainly Polish and French language, um, so it's subtitled. But a couple of the songs aren't. There's one where she's singing in. Uh, in in French. Paris or yeah she's well, she, it, I, I think it, I think maybe they're playing a record in Paris and she's in the room but they don't the, the, but they don't they don't put lyrics they don't put the subtitles up so if you don't speak French you don't know the lyrics as I didn't but like clearly the determination has been made that not knowing the lyrics is less detrimental than reading them and ignoring the image would be yes. you know if the lyrics were on screen you wouldn't be looking at the image and the image is more important. Yes. And this image and the feeling. Yes. And I think I think that's, that's, a, that's wonderful. a really good point. Yeah, I think that's true. Um, it's only a couple of times. Most of most of the songs, you 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 do get the lyrics to them, but I did wonder. Times... I did wonder also if it wasn't. You know, I'd have to see the film again to know for sure. But it seemed to me that also there was one song that was being used over and over and over again, which is the one she makes a record of because originally it's a folk song yeah right and then they translate it to French is that the one that she sings with the mountain I think so the, girl from the, mountain. the thing is I can't be sure yeah no, I can't be right? sure either. But, I, but I think so so I also wonder you know if another viewing would bring out that connection in yeah. the song kind of more clearly than I'm able to, to this is the one about two hearts right four eyes two hearts yes that's right um, but I can't remember the rest of the lyrics no I can't either <laughs> but it's very beautiful I mean uh, kind of, you know, we've been seeing so many other things recently, but I mean, to me, this is the film that has resonated more, and that, you know, since since Phantom Thread, 
you know, I mean, it, it's it's yeah, it's a, it's a film I want to see again. Actually, um, very short as well, an hour and a half. Oh right, okay. Less than about eighty-five minutes. Very brief. And right. It's, um, feels it, but it, you know, do you know what I mean? It feels like appropriately, like it's it's concise. And yes. It's so just about these two, and I think what's what's what I also find um, really beautiful is that in romances, usually the love is one directional. Yeah, it's either it's a yearning. Well, yeah, one person longs for another, mm. you know, who might ignore them, or you know, the whole film is about getting the girl or getting the guy, or yeah. So, whereas actually in this film, we are, it's established from the beginning that it's a mutual passion, yeah, that they both share the mm. same feeling, right? So then, the kind of the dilemma of the film is how to keep them together, right? So actually, it's not about, you know, getting the other one to love them or, you know, yeah, or... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. It's, it's that they are in love, basically, from the from start. From the beginning, right. And, and then it's about, as you said, it's about borders keeping them apart mm. and circumstances beyond their control and yes. trying, to, trying to make their way, trying to... And, and as you say, the thing that I missed of really the only way they can be together is to die together. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they're both believers, right? So, um, anyway, um, I, I just thought it was, it was beautiful. Uh, and I, I had kind of, you know, there's this thing about sadness, which is, um, it's also, a, like, I like being sad at the movies. It makes me happy. Right, and the, <laughs> and the thing about this film is it kind of it had me on the boil. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't, I did, it, there wasn't any moment that made me cry, you know, but like, yeah, it's kind of like an exquisite sadness mm. that you feel throughout. Well, whilst also there's kind of like a throbbing passion. And of course the leads are so charismatic and attractive, you know, and the and the black and white is so resonant and it's, it's very romantic in the jazz cellars of Paris, <laughs> you know, yeah. the sc the screening rooms and the the recording studios, you know, and the attics. Uh, uh, it's kind of you know, it's it's really exquisitely sad, in a way that's very satisfying. Paul McCartney said, "Sadness isn't sadness; it's happiness in a black jacket." Oh fuck off! <laughs> <laughs> fuck off, Paul. <laughs> He's not much of a poet, is he? I know he uh, isn't. <laughs> there, there was that one wonderful bit. Actually, speaking of poetry, there was that great bit where, um, uh, so, so as you say, in, in between the times that they are able to to meet up, um, they do uh, have other relationships and see other people, and um, which you don't see very much of. But um, one of them is the the French poet who uh, um, Victor hooks up with. Yeah. Uh, well, not hooked up with, you know, relationship with them, and that's that. And and it's and it's, it. She's a she, she's a she's a source of fun. There are some funny bits in the film. It's not all sort yeah, of okay. bittersweet longing. There are jokes, uh, and the one is where, he, uh, as you say, he uh, after seeing her, um, and that and they don't make love that night, but uh, he just he sees her and they embrace, and that's it. And then he returns to their kind of loft apartment where they're just sleeping on the floor, basically. And on she's a mattress in, on the floor, yeah. yeah. On the mattress on the floor, and 
and she says, have you been out seeing whores? And he says, I haven't got money for whores. I was seeing the love of my life. And she says, very good. Let me go to sleep. <laughs> and, and so there's a, like, there's a joke in the, in the you know, she's not bothered. Um, but I kind of felt like, I, I, felt, I kind of felt like I wanted to know more about their relationship, really. Like, why isn't she bothered? And why are they still together? If Like, there's a joke in just her being kind of spiky about it. But um, I wanted to know, like, I wanted to know what, what's really wrong in their relationship. I wanted to see a bit more. It well, felt a bit cheap. No, I mean, for me, it's obviously just kind of... It's, it's, it's tied in to the film's pragmatism and that actually, you know, this, this geopolitical situation forces decisions on people, you know, that they've got to survive in. So, you know, I mean... Hmm. She doesn't so much, though. I mean, she doesn't need to, to take up with the Polish guy. Why not if he's sexy and attractive and well, she likes that, but sleeping she with him? Well, but she doesn't appear to be too arsed by him. But then maybe that you know. But I, I think well, let's face it. It's a it's a very it's a two second moment that is played mainly for a laugh. It so is played mainly for a laugh. But then you're told more because you know you're told you're then told. Oh, I don't understand why you're jealous. She's already had two other relationships, you know. Yeah. Since so, you just think it's kind of it's one of those things. It's not a big deal. And there is also that moment where um, uh, when they're able, when they are finally together in Paris. Uh, Victor and uh, Zula um, they're arguing over the lyric the, the lyric has been translated yes. uh, by the, the French woman this, this poet uh, and Zula is not satisfied with the lyric she says it's stupid I'm not going to sing it yes. and it threatens to you know, grow into quite a, quite a yes. debate between them um, and, and she's jealous and, she, and she's jealous and I don't know I, Again, kind of played for a laugh of it because it is a silly lyric. It's about the the pendulum. Something about the pendulum hasn't stopped time or some stupid thing. It's a metaphor for love. Yes. Um, Which is very well explained afterwards. Well, not really. I think it's satisfying. Because oh. she, well, she confronts her, right? So, that twin so Zula, what does it mean? Zula goes to the party and confronts her. And she's, what is that line, though? It's something about... It's something that kind of distance doesn't stop feeling, which I thought was very resonant. Yeah, no, I, th- I, th- I think the idea is really nice. It's just that it doesn't come across in the line. I'm totally with Zuda on this one. It's a stupid line. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but that's, it. that's a wonderful moment because you kind of think, like, you know, like w- w- that confrontation in, at the party, it's electric, you know? Like, she's, she's, she's defending her place. She wants to see the know, other woman that, she, that he's been sleeping but with. But it's also very unreasonable, and this is why I think it's the richness of the film. I mean, here's a woman who's married this Italian only so that she could leave the country legally so that she could meet up with her true love in Paris, right? And, you know, she's being jealous Mm. of this fling that he's had. Like, it's not logical. And actually, that's what I love about the film because actually sometimes things aren't logical. Like, they are about feeling. And you can completely understand her jealousy whilst also thinking how unreasonable it is. Like, the feeling is understandable even through its unreasonableness. Yeah. Well, it's the reasonableness that makes it understandable. Hmm. You know? Love isn't logical. That's right. As we know. <laughs> also, in that scene, in the scene when they're in the attic arguing about the line, um, I think she looks exactly like Julie Delpy, which just helps me kind of oh. think about the before movies a bit more. You see, I don't see that because what I love about her face is a, it's very sensual, but it's also incredibly sad. It's like, you know, like you do feel it's a, it's, a, it's a face that's bruised. And in fact, she does have some imperfections on her lip and so on. Like you get the feeling that this, 
And you can imagine, like the film starts in 1949. Mm. They've just finished the war, right? Like, what, what did these people live through in the war? You know, it must have been even more horrible, you know, than what we see, which is pretty horrible, mm. right? So, so, and her face to me kind of, it's, it's kind of just, uh, it's, it's like, it's a person who's bruised and kind of, who carries a lot of sadness with her, you know. Mm. She's probably supposed to be, I mean, she's probably supposed to be older than 18, really, but that's what she struck me as at the start, like just this kid kind of chancing it in a way, yeah. looking for a new start. That's right. Well, you, you definitely get this feeling that, uh, you know, she wouldn't normally be there anyway, that it is a chancing. Mm. Well, yeah, uh, and, they, and they do say that like, she's, well, well before, before the audition, when she, she said to the one, she said to the girl, what are you singing? And she says it's this mountain tune, and you can, and she's basically doing it to try and, you know, you know immediately that that she's trying to sort of hide her own voice in the better one. Actually, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, um, well, I was. I, I was thinking she was she was trying to sort of almost almost sabotage the other girls to to get in sort of in place of her. Ah. Um, but I think, but you know, I think yours is is just as probably better a better interpretation of what's going on there. Oh. Um, that she's not confident in her own voice enough. Yes. Well, I mean, because that's also part of the characteristics that she's given, that she doesn't believe in herself. Yeah. I mean, he's constantly having to tell her that she's great and that she's worthy and that, yeah. you know, he loves her and, you know. She uh, struck me as a bit more of a con artist at the start, do you know what I mean? Mm. A, bit, a bit more kind of savvy. Um, which is not to say she's not being savvy, but a bit more, a bit more kind of ruthless, maybe. Um, which, you, which you... I mean, that's a characteristic that remains throughout the film. Mm. I mean, you know, this is a woman who marries one guy with the Italian to get to Paris and then she actually marries the other guy to get her lover out of jail so yeah. you know like yeah yeah <laughs> uh, you know though, though though and what the fuck does he do nothing yeah. he's a waste of time so why is she into him this is the mystery there's no mystery to me because <laughs> he's sexy well because he's sexy and he loves her I mean, you know, he 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 goes and basically gives up his life for her. What are you talking about? I mean, you know, kind of, would you walk into Auschwitz because the woman you loved was there? Because that's kind of almost the equivalent of what he does. I wouldn't. Well, he did. She can, you see? She can perish. <laughs> <laughs> You're not romantic. <laughs> I mean, you know, 15 years and you... And, and you see, kind of, the first image you see, his head's been shaved, you know, his hands have been smashed, he's clearly been tortured, mm. you know, kind of, and he did it for her. Yeah. I think he looked like like a Stella Artois advert. What do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, he looks like, sort of hardy, slightly artistic Euro trash. I thought he was gorgeous. <laughs> well, you would. Well, you know, I think he was, so he is. Um, and actually, I think it's interesting because he does not look like a pretty boy, you know. Actually, like his face is really lived in, and it's quite angular. So from some angles he looks really beautiful, and from some some angles he looks kind of rough, mm. really. Um, and he's, you know, he kind of. I mean, the film covers fifteen years, and there's not a day in those fifteen years that he's shaved. <laughs> well, I, that, I was going to say, depends on how much five o'clock shadow he's got that day. That's how rough he looks. Uh, so, um, but anyway, I think it's a very, very great film. Uh, I highly recommend 
um, that people see it and I would like to see it again for our next podcast on this film are we doing two are we I would like to yes I would like to pay more attention to the images and the music okay I think there are things you know that we haven't um, plumped okay if you want to yes when else is it on it's on Wednesday at noon at the electric noon that's shit for me to be honest it's on 5.30 on Thursday well let's do that let's do that one yeah interesting movie more than interesting I think it's truly great yeah well you certainly got a little bit more out of it than I did because I didn't even notice that they died at the end so well we will um, confirm that at our next podcast (laughs) um, but we'll, we'll pay more attention I want to pay more attention to the songs I suppose and there, and there are connections. I think there are things. The film is integrated yeah. and kind of rhyming in different sections in ways that I haven't kind of, you know, quite been able to extract yet or kind of make sense of uh, upon only a first viewing. Though I must say that, you know, in a first viewing, it's, it's like very satisfying. It's very beautiful. From the first, like, five images or so, you, I really thought, you know, he's a visual poet, like... Even the faces of the peasants, yeah. when they began to sing, you think, my God, like, you know, you don't see faces like this in cinema, right? Like, kind of, you know, one of the old men had these incredibly beautiful blue eyes while he was singing. Well, it was in black and white. You can't tell. The eyes were, were very <laughs> clear eyes, okay? Uh, so he had these very he beautiful, beautiful, clear... red eyes. He had, he had very beautiful, clear eyes. Uh, that popped out, you know, yeah. that was just kind of, so, so you know, things have been selected with care and also for poetic resonance. It's really incredibly good. It's an incredible film. It's funny because when that, when that first face came up on screen, I thought this is exactly the kind of face I would expect to see in a film like this. Really? Yeah, I thought, you know, a kind of, kind of old, uh, kind of bad teeth, not particularly well kept, kind of lived in Polish peasant face. I thought, I've, I've kind of seen that a thousand times in a in a in a, in a full frame black and white movie. It's not to say I didn't like it, but I just thought it, I, it didn't it didn't feel like oh my god I haven't seen this. Okay, well we have different frames of comparison because yeah. you know kind of I urge you to to find me an American film which has faces like those. Well, that's what I meant though. I meant like in in kind of Eastern European. I was like that, that's kind of what that's almost like. A, like, oh, so like, you're like slow cinema, Bellatar. Yeah, like it's a cliche. Well, no, it's true. I, I, I get that. But I mean, again, not they, a bad they, one. They are kind of like Bellatarish faces, really. Um, but then, you know, the interest in, in this film is that you have those faces at the very beginning, you know, and then the stars themselves or the protagonists themselves are very, are stars, like they're very magnetic, hmm. you know. So. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of I, I really do think he's a visual poet really. And and as we're seeing it twice, I'm glad that it's only ninety minutes because it's not ordinarily the kind of film I'd be that asked about seeing twice, to be honest. As much as I liked it. Oh. Um why not? I don't know, it's just like love doesn't do it for me. Well, maybe seeing it again will give you a little spark. <laughs> well give you a little push. <laughs> Anyway. Might change your mind. Might might change your life. <laughs> you see, for me, if it's not if it's not Ethan Hawke and Julie Delpy talking about philosophy, then it's nothing, mate. Well, and this ain't that. No, but it's at least as good and arguably maybe even better, which Probably. is why I want to see it again. Well, and and so we shall. Right. 
Well, thank you very much for listening. This is eavesdropping at the movies. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, SoundCloud Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Yeah, if you're listening to us, you know where to find us already anyway. So thank you very uh, much for uh, listening. Mm. Uh, and we urge you to see Cold War, which is out in Birmingham the next few days. That's right. Um, at the Electric. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, hopefully at local screenings wherever you are uh, it's, it's not yes. getting a big release so and we will be there Thursday Thursday so if you see us say hello yeah and if you don't see us don't <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh.